Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode, a pop culture episode of Beyond the Blinds. It's me, Kelly Williams. And Troy McKeady. And before we get into anything pop culture, we wanted to say we are thinking of our listeners in Maui. Um, the damage is fucking crazy. Uh, if you have family, friends there, like obviously sending them all of our love. The pictures, it looks apocalyptic. It's so scary out there. So just thinking of everyone in Maui and everyone affected by the Hawaii wire, wildfires. And also support to anybody speaking out about these fucking celebrities going on vacation to Hawaii while people are dying in the same oceans that they're doing selfies in. Yes. is insane. I know that Paris Hilton just like went to Hawaii and people were trying to defend her going and saying that like it's not her fault, whatever. That is atrocious. And I mean, the natives of Hawaii have been saying for years, like, please stop coming here. Like, it's really terrible for our, I I know environment isn't the right word, but it's terrible for like, what's going on and like the erosion and all that, like just adding more issues with the actual land of Hawaii. Yeah, it's really sad. It's just, it's horrible. And like Kelly said, we're just thinking of you. It's just really sad. Now with that, Troy... What have you been um, watching, reading, anything you want to... I know people are going to be excited to hear. I'm excited to hear your Big Brother thoughts, and I don't even watch Big Brother. I'm full of thoughts. (laughs) Should I start with Big Brother? Get it out of the way? How about you start with it? Okay. So Big Brother this season is really... It's like one of those seasons where the game talk is just nonstop. Like, they're constantly, constantly gaming. There's not a lot of downtime. And I wouldn't say that there's necessarily been a lot of fights or drama, just really intensely strategic people. And so this week, this guy named Heisum is HOH. And Heisum is somebody, he's gay. And he's someone who I think when the show first started, we all thought would be like this really sweet, like kind of fatherly. He's an older guy. Um, He's very spiritual. He's like a yogi and all that stuff. He is the most intense dictator psychopath that I've ever seen on this show, which is saying a lot. I've never seen an HOH be run this way before. And I know that they don't show a lot of this on the live show, but on the feeds, 
the way this man talks to people i've never seen on big brother in my life he literally went up to this girl who is like on the other side of the house and he was like okay so listen he was like i know that this person this person this person and this person in your alliance i know that you guys formed this day i know that you were the person that formed it I know that you have this person and this person on your in your pocket, but they're not in the alliance. I know that there's a name for the alliance, and I'm coming after you. I would like for you to go home. I'm going to put you in the block with your friend. If he goes home, I'm fine with that, but I'm targeting you. I'm, I'm going to trick the house and manipulate the people around you into you leaving. Just, like, no subtlety. No, like, he is just a bull in a china shop, but, like, in the most entertaining way I've ever seen. Like, he's just... He's a menace. Um, he's not nice. He's super mean. He's just like, he's such interesting TV. Um, Sari is still absolutely killing it. She is the mastermind of all masterminds. She has everybody, like she she should be the biggest target because they're all idiots and they don't understand that she would have been the first person to that should go. But I think that she's going to go really far and watching her and her son play together is so fun it is so fun it's so cute like they'll have these moments where they game talk in front of people and then as soon as people leave the room she like can't help but like kiss him and she'll be like and she like hugs him and she'll be like my baby my baby my baby because she only gets like a second or two a day to like acknowledge that she's his mom you know and he just like sits there and smiles and let her like lets her like kiss him and hug him and stuff and it's very sweet. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is happening in the house aside from. Prices. I need to ask: Were you watching the live feeds when that guy said the N word? Oh, we even talked about that. No, God, that that happened one uh, in between. Yes, so I was watching. Um, he was in the have not room with Corey and Heisum. Heisum claimed to not hear it, even though. If you watch the video that they posted on TMZ of it, like, he clearly heard it, but then he was like, oh, I didn't know that it happened. I think he just, like, didn't want to be involved. Um, And he's also said some problematic, problematic race stuff that I want to talk about. But, yeah, so this guy, Luke, said the N-word. Um, He basically, he was trying to, like, make a joke, and he was like, we're in this blah, blah, blah room, N-word. And then he realized that Ceri's son was in the room he's the only black guy on the whole in the cast and he did the thing that white people do when they get uncomfortable about race where like they all just immediately started staring at him to see how he would react like it was his responsibility to like fix the issue uh, immediately and they were waiting to see what he would say and the two other guys just left the room they were like that wasn't cool and we're not going to let you like laugh that off as a joke. It was really fucking inappropriate. So they just left the room. And that was what he said. He was like, I find that most of the time, like white people get more uncomfortable when things like that happen than black people. Um, But he handled it really well. He didn't lose his cool. He didn't let Luke like take him out of character. And Luke went home and immediately leaned in. He went on Twitter and did not apologize, leaned in. He's been making jokes about it um liking posts about how like there's a double standard and how it's unfair and all this stuff like he feels no remorse about it at all like we're in 2023 that's literally all I can say about that like and if he let that slip or quote-unquote slip whatever 
he mm-hmm. clearly uses that in his daily life. Because again, if you don't use that word, I don't use that word. And I'm not like drunk screaming it. I'm not like accidentally letting it slip. It's like you either use it or you don't. That's what everybody in the house said after he left. They were like, he said it so comfortably that he obviously says it all the time. And I guess for me, I'm just like, I can't relate to any person who goes on a show and doesn't make an attempt to watch the show mm-hmm. or they go on it. I just think that that's so weird when people are like, oh, I've seen one or two episodes. It's like, you realize you are living inside this house and you're on film 24 seven. Like, wouldn't you want to know? But like, he's one of those people that's like, oh, I, I kind of have an idea of how it all works. I don't know if he understood that he was on the live feeds all day and all night and that people watch it constantly. But, like, you're on, there are millions of people watching you all day. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. I just don't, I don't get it. Um, The last thing I wanted to say about, about Big Brother, the other race thing that bothered me this week was, Hi- so Heisam is Muslim, and he was talking about how uh, he, there's actually a lot of brown people in the house this year, and he was talking about how he, basically he wants to he doesn't want to send a brown person home because now they've all watched the show enough to know like they'll be perceived certain ways and like becoming a reality star so they're like I don't want to I don't want to send a brown person home and he made this comment last night where they were like he was talking about putting up a black person and they were like well didn't you just say that you don't want to send a brown person home and Heisen goes oh well no you're black (sighs) I was just like, oh my god, like, okay, you guys will never learn. What? <laughs> no, you're black, you're not brown, so I don't mind you going home. Like, okay, what the fuck? So yeah, Um, and also Felicia is still just like the greatest. This woman is 65 and living the life that I dream. She's loud, she cusses all the time. She's always saying fucker and motherfucker and shit. And she's just the most, she's the loudest, most obnoxious laugh I've ever heard. It makes me scream laugh every time I hear it. I worship the doll and I hope she wins. And that's it. That's all I have to say about Big Brother this week. So I guess what I've been watching, I actually watched the uh, Johnny Manziel doc on Netflix. Oh, okay. I disliked him even more. Usually documentaries by the end, even with like, the Logan Paul, the um, Jake Paul doc mm-hmm. that I watched. I was like, all right, I kind of get it. Like, bad person, but definitely had, like, some shit happen. Mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel was so unapologetic. And he he tried to just be like, well, I was bipolar and didn't know it. So that's why I acted every single terrible way that you could possibly imagine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess. But what? Right. And it's interesting because... um. Reggie Bush got his Heisman taken away because it came out that he accepted money when you're not supposed to do that as a college athlete. Johnny Manziel has won a Heisman in this documentary admitted to taking money and like gifts from um, people when you're not supposed to from the NCAA and his Heisman is still with him. So I feel like that's very unfair. Like brands or like who? Um, yeah, like brands like Nike, they can't pay you like 50 grand to wear their cleats oh. or something like that. Like, like brands are being, um, I'm not going to use the right term, but like 
sponsors of the college buying you a car so you go to that college oh okay okay I got it I got it I got it does that make sense yeah yeah so Johnny's like talking about it granted Johnny's friend is the one who got all the checks and money and gifts and gave them to Johnny but still I'm just like you deserve your husband to be taken away too if you're going to take it from Reggie Bush yeah like what is the difference well I think I know yeah (laughs) answered my own question you know but I think it's crazy um and one thing I will say that was interesting is he was just good at football he never showed up to practice never read a playbook he could just do it and it sucks when you see someone who's like so naturally talented just Mm -hmm. throw it away and I get it he has addiction issues he has mental health problems but like I don't know he just like didn't care yeah I get that I think that's what it is it's like when you see somebody who doesn't necessarily care that they were born with like a gift yeah and he was signed to I believe it was the Cleveland Browns and he said the second I stepped into Cleveland I knew it wouldn't work yeah so he just <laughs> so he just like made it awful because he knew it wouldn't work oh my god I re- actually being from Cleveland I remember hearing him say that and it was like a huge deal yeah like what yeah <laughs> He's like, I'm stuck here, but I'm going to make it miserable for everybody. Um, I've also been reading this book. It's really cool. It's called Where Are Your Boys Tonight? It's by Chris Payne. And it's all about the emo boom that happened in the early 2000s. And he has people interviewed from like My Chemical Romance and Taking Back Sunday. He does not interview anyone from Brand New. And he actually opens the whole book being like, we understand, I forget the lead singer's name off the top of my head, but we understand what he did was not okay. We'll never say it's okay. Our thought is our thoughts are with his victims. Like the fact they opened it up just talking about the brand new scandal. Cause I know we did our warp tour episode, but I do feel like brand new is known across like everything. Is the book like drama or is it like, like nostalgic fun? It's more nostalgic fun, but it's actually the band members talking about how they come up. Like the first, um, the first few chapters, Gabe Sapora from Cobra Starship is in it talking about how he was actually the main promoter of most emo bands, getting them to like big clubs in the city. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. It's called Where Are wow. Your Boys Tonight by Chris Payne. Highly recommend. I just watched a video on YouTube of Haley um from Paramore getting ready for a show and she was it was just like I just like love watching her like talk about anything she's just so warm and magnetic and interesting and she was talking about how um you know she like loves to dress up and stuff now and she loves to like basically go on stage and like a little bit of drag you know Mm -hmm. she was saying how like back in the day like she was always so insecure about what she wore on stage because people were so mean and like you couldn't to be like respected as a girl like you couldn't be like too over the top with what you wore but at the same time like you had to like be attractive but like not too attractive because then it's like you know just the unfair corner that she got placed in and now she just doesn't care and like she goes out looking like fucking Trixie Mattel and it's like so fun it's like the approachable attractive right right you you can't be too pretty but pretty enough and What's crazy is when I was rewatching Sex in the City, which I just watched recently, um, I can remember people saying like Sarah Jessica Parker was ugly. Mm-hmm. 
Not at all. And Haley Williams was someone who people were like, oh, she's not cute. Right. And it's like, where? <laughs> I know it's so funny when women don't, like Sarah Jessica Parker to me is somebody who was never intended for like the male gaze. Like mm-hmm. he dressed for herself and for women. You know, Carrie Bradshaw was a character that like was sexy for other women not mm-hmm. for men and it's so funny to see the way men just like couldn't not only could they not r- wrap their heads around it but they were like violent about it because it's like god forbid like some woman is not trying to be sexy for me so i'm just gonna call her a horse because i don't understand why she has a belt on her stomach and it's like you're not supposed to <laughs> that's the fucking point just some other things i went and saw jonas brothers at yankee stadium my girlfriends are really oh, big god fans. it was Going in as, like, someone who likes their newer music, if mm-hmm. anyone should re-record their old music, it's the Jonas Brothers. Because my Blair was playing, like, Burning Up and SOS, and I kind of knew them just from, like, being... But I was like, this is hurting my ears. Like, their voices are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Nick. Oof. And Oof. hearing them live, I was like, re-record those old ones. Get it going. <laughs> I've... I don't think I've ever had more fun with a fan group. Like the Jonas Brothers fans are so fun. People are making friendship bracelets, which of course Swifties are like, we did it first. I'm like, guys, you make me, it's really hard for me to be a Taylor fan with like you guys. Like, (laughs) you know, I thought that was really cool. And then people are making purity friendship rings oh my god that's so funny hysterical i saw so many shirts that said like i love hot dads someone said like i want to fuck joe just right on their shirt and jonas brothers fans you guys are fucking fun as hell i had the best time um yeah i can't say if they're coming to your city as someone who wasn't a big fan i left there like i love the jonas brothers they have a very unproblematic fan base and I will say, I've never been a big Joe girl. And I, this is also the first time I've seen a celebrity. And I've been like, ooh, you're blind items, right? Like, Oh, Nikki God. Yeah, yeah. But I've never been a Joe girl. But seeing her li- him live, I get it. Yeah. I've not seen Joe live, but I still get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But no, I agree with you. I think that they, like, it would be really cool if they um did a re-recording of their of their old songs are like their biggest hits because they were literally like i mean nick excuse me nick's voice was so like prepubescent yeah brutal like kind of brutal to listen to um there were some moments where i saw nick's clearly the star of the show sure but like i was like i wonder if he regrets obviously he probably doesn't because of how much money he's made since he got with jonas brothers again but Mm -hmm. he went up and sang jealous and the whole crowd singing it back priyanka's like half on stage like swooning over her man oh my god and i'm like i wonder if he's ever like what the fuck happened with my second record how come i could not strike that twice i bet they all kind of feel that way honestly i bet i bet they all feel like what could have been my only last note about the concert is there's no way Kevin Jonas is playing a guitar. <laughs> they have an army of guitars on that stage. They had like seven other guitar players. Like there was not oh. a fucking chance. Love you. Love you, Kev. But <laughs> Kevin. Wow. Red dress. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, great. If you guys have a chance to see the Jonas Brothers, like, as, as I said, I wasn't a huge fan. Then I left being like, I have loved the Jonas Brothers since they came out. <laughs> I would actually love to see them live. That would be quite pornographic for me, if I'm being honest. Like, I think I would really enjoy it. Um, I wanted to just kind of have a, a, a all-around discussion about Bethany Frankel. Okay. Because there's a lot to talk about right now when it comes to Bethany. She's really out there um just talking and if you know anything about me if you've listened to me for a long time you know I am a Bethany apologist and I always have been and I still even with how much she annoys me now I still believe that Bethany is one of the best self-produced reality stars that we have ever seen and ever will see I think the seasons of the Real Housewives with her on it are undeniably better She's a great producer. She's good at moving the story along. She's good at producing herself. She's good at making herself feel like a dynamic character who can like be a villain and also the voice of reason and like be tough as nails, but also hysterically cry. Like she's good at being on TV. She's really good at being a real housewife. I think that she's a professional housewife. Mm -hmm. That being said... (laughs) Oh my God, does Bethany right now in 2023 make me want to roll around on glass? I want to hurt myself. I I just, I, I cannot, there's so much. First of all, the fucking, her deciding that she now is going to be the voice of reality stars. She is the voice of the strike. She's, you know, calling all reality television stars to not film, you know, don't film your shows and it takes bravery. We need to be brave. The stuff that Bethany is talking about right now, and she acts like she is the one who, she's like, I'm the one, she was like, I'm the Bravo darling. And I came out of Bravo the most successful. I know the most. And like, she acts like we haven't heard these things before her. Nene Leakes has been talking about this shit for years. Mm-hmm. And nobody listened to her because she's a black woman. That is, it just is what it is. And Nene herself has even said, Bethany Frankel can say stuff that I can't say. She's allowed to say stuff. She is allowed to speak out. And when I do it, I'm looked at a different way or I'm blacklisted. And it's true. All of this shit that she's talking about. And if anything, Nene should be at the forefront of this because Bethany can't, there's no way that she could wrap her head around the racism that occurs in the Bravo universe. She's never been privy to it. Her show was white the entire time she was fucking on it yeah and as someone who's not even like in the housewife sphere i'll say even i knew about nini leaks years ago right she's the one who i believe started this conversation mm-hmm. everybody said she was crazy and desperate and trying too hard and wanted to be on tv and blah 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 and everybody made fun of her and also carol radzowell has been talking about how it's unfair she talked about a union years ago before um any of this was talked about and she said that like reality tv should be unionized because it's slave labor and now bethany is acting like she's the inventor of this conversation it's so annoying and on top of it the hypocrisy because this woman not only has produced shows that abuse people her contract for her hbo show where she had all those that failed because it wasn't good is public And those people have come forward and said, like, she wanted to own our likeness and own us for 
10 years and any money we made for the next however many years went to her and she, they, she owns 15% of any brands we come up with or whatever. Worse than the Bravo contract that she now is talking about being so evil. Like you are literally no different. And on top of it, she's doing a Housewives rewatch podcast while she's telling people to to riot and to not work. Like, it must be nice to be a fucking billionaire who can just choose when they work and don't work. But not every reality star has the opportunity to just be like, I'm not going to film my show. Because they're being paid peanuts. And, like, it's just so asinine. So she can do her Housewives rewatch podcast where she literally is promoting prior seasons of The Real Housewives which is what she's telling people not to do and saying that it takes bravery to do it. She's not doing it. I'm just like, what is going, like, I can't, the hypocrisy is so fucking insane. There's a TikTok account called Celeb Fail that obsessively follows Bethany's uh, crazy shit and all her deleted posts. And they are coming for Bethany. Like they really have her to the fire and they keep track of everything she says and all of her deleted posts every because bethany is she posts and deletes a lot ah a lot she'll post some crazy tiktok and then delete it and this account keeps track of all of it it's just crazy to me it's just absolutely crazy like i can't believe and it doesn't we're, i'm not even going to get into the fucking her youtube channel because now she's a youtube star because she does this thing where she like isn't on the internet like she didn't know what a podcast was until she started one but now she knows everything oh okay she is the queen of podcasts she is the authority she's the most she's just like donald trump honestly i'm like how many fucking podcasts has she been on but she doesn't know what one is she didn't know what one was until last year oh okay but now she is the authority on podcasts and nobody has a more successful podcast than her. So now she's doing that with YouTube where she's like, didn't know what YouTube was, didn't care, wasn't on it, blah, blah, blah. And now she sees an opportunity to make money. So now she's a YouTuber and she is doing this, like Heather McDonald calls it um, middle-class cosplay where she <laughs> goes to these, like, she'll go to like the dollar store and like talk about how silly the dollar store is. And how fun it is to go. And she goes in there with a fucking Birkin bag and a driver. And I'm just like, you are so out of touch. It is insane. I did see her Olive Garden review. Oh my God. T telling people about Olive Garden as if the normal a middle American doesn't know what it is. We have fucked up those breadsticks many a times, Bethany. We don't need you to like give it the A+. Girl, and the other day she posted a video where she went to um World Market and she called it a junk store. And like World Market is not a junk store. It's like kind of an expensive store owned by Pier One Imports. Like, <laughs> and she was talking about how she's like, you know, you can go into a store like this and find little tchotchkes and little junk and whatever. And I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? Oh, I do know that she hates Meghan Markle, like very much. Yes. And um, my Tal you know Talia, Talia Lichstein. Yes. She's in like a heated hatred of Talia Lichstein. Because finally Talia was like, you're miserable, Bethany. You're miserable. And now they like, 
Bethany has her blocked on TikTok, but still like talk shit about Talia. <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> that Talia like got that she affected her because she loves to pretend not to be affected and like she's so above it all. I'm sure she like has posted videos about her and like deleted them. <laughs> Probably. God, she's just on one right now. And like, and it's not, you know, and she does a lot of good. Like she's doing a of course her her charity is doing a lot for Hawaii right now because like Be Strong does do a lot. Um and I also should just say really quickly, because we didn't get to talk about it last week. Carol Radswell was just on Juicy Scoop and basically said that Bethany, like, con- she came up with this whole plan to ruin Luann's engagement and that that photo of Tom came from Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer. And she orchestrated a whole scenario to have Luann's engagement blow up in her face on television and like acted the whole time as if she, it was all this fell into her lap. And of course she responded to Carol, but then deleted the response. So if you want to see it, go to celeb fail because she has all of uh whoever they changed their voice. I don't know what, who the person is. I believe it's a woman though, but she has all of the, all of the tea. So someone did ask for a teen mom update and I am still watching because I cannot quit. Um, I have to give a shout out to teen mom fans with a Z on um, Instagram. They're one of my favorite accounts to follow. And I'm sure like teen mom trash talk. The podcast just talked about this like more in depth. Um, Ryan is being left is being let out from prison to go to rehab again. He was in prison for three months. I mean, you got to hope that this will be good. But, like, they just showed him ransacking the home that he shared with Mac. And Mm. somehow it's being, like, twisted that, like, Mac is still the problem. Mackenzie's still, like, making Ryan bad. I'm like, wait, I thought it was Macy who was a trigger for Ryan. Right. And now it's like, well, he's an addict and Mackenzie wasn't helping him. So the way that they've completely... And I suggest everyone look at the police footage of what he did to that house. I agree. Because I think it was reported incorrectly. Totally. I mean, it smelled like feces. It smelled like shit in that house because he shit in the house. Oh my god, I can't. And he didn't just like, they said I think they kept saying he trashed the house. He destroyed the house. He hung up letters saying he wanted to or allegedly saying he wanted to hurt Mackenzie with knives in the wall. The way that MTV is backing this man, and honestly, I'm I'm sad about Macy. And I get that he is Bentley's dad. I get it. That's a hard situation. Yeah. But like, I don't know. They're really doubling down on him being, you know, he's a lost soul. He's an addict who needs help, which for sure, a hundred percent, but you also need to say he's violent. You know, it's interesting what happens to men when they have parents like his. Mm. <laughs> Mimi, Mimi Jen. Yeah, like it really creates a, a like, I don't even know, like a, 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 a toxic isn't even the word for it. Like parents like his that coddle and, you know, don't let him hit a rock bottom and do everything for him. And he's always right. And he's the baby forever. Like it creates a really fucked up human being 
Yeah. And we're seeing it play out. Um, so those are like all I want to touch on for Ryan, um, Tyler and Kate. Tyler has an OnlyFans that Caitlin is running. So yeah. <laughs> he mm-hmm. also came up with a rap song. Again, Teen Mom fans has it if you want to listen to it. He did. <laughs> I don't even know if it's his voice, but he tried to say it was. But like, I just need people to listen and let me know what they think. Oh, God. I already know I'm going to end up subscribing to Tyler's OnlyFans. I, like, know it. I hate it. <laughs> I have, I have, sometimes it's like you just have to know. Um, yeah, it's going to end up happening. I'll send you all the things. Oh, I can't wait. And uh, and just the final little piece of Teen Mom update. Janelle and David are fighting on her official fan Facebook. Um, they seemingly have broken up for now. Okay. But they'll probably get back together. David did make his Facebook status. You leave a girl alone for two minutes and she loses her mind. Hashtag mental health issues. Oh my God. I'm I'm assuming something's going down on the swamp land. So (laughs) keep an eye out for that. (laughs) Also, speaking of teen mom music, I just want to say Deb OG is still releasing music videos. And I don't know if those videos bring other people as much joy as they bring me. But I literally feel like I'm like, in like Willy Wonka's factory when I watch her videos they are so insane and she released one like not that long ago because I literally keep up I keep track <laughs> um that is so insane I I really highly suggest you guys go to Deb OG on YouTube and just enjoy yourself well I know what I am doing immediately after this episode yeah, it's like a lot <laughs> Now, getting into pop culture, last week, while we were recording, Tory Lanez was sentenced to 10 years in prison for shooting Meg the Stallion. Before that, he kind of had this weird statement where he was like, I didn't do it, but if I did, it was probably because of childhood abuse or something. Right. So if he didn't do it, it's because of that. Yes, and he's also having a huge TikTok moment right now where people are talking about this rant that he went on on his um on his instagram live about uh the music industry and like nfts and how you know him being an independent he basically exposed how much money he was able to make as an independent artist and it's actually insane because he was selling an album through nfts and i think it was a dollar but i think that he said and don't quote me but it was like i think fifteen thousand dollars that he made per one dollar spent shit so he made like an outrageous amount of money and he got all of it there are no um none of it went to like a label it was all his and a lot of people are speculating like you know that obviously the music industry doesn't love that you know what I mean like that's not their favorite thing when you do that so um yeah that's like another interesting thing like rabbit hole to go down right now So I have to talk about a CW actor. You know how much I love them. Stephen Amell last week or two weeks ago was against the strike. He said in some interview convention that he was at that it's really not fair that he has a project out and he can't talk about it because of the strike, because it's so unfair. Like, okay, right. Okay. And also we have a listener. She, my friend, Corinne, Corinne, um, she's on Twitter and everything. She has talked about this with me. And his fan base is really toxic. Apparently the Arrow fan base is like really bad. Okay. So basically what happened, Stephen Amell talks against the strike. 
for writers and actors. And everyone starts talking about how horrible he was on the set of Arrow. People who were um, guest actors would say like Steven would throw a fit in his trailer and that's why they'd be late, like two hours late to filming. And this is someone who I love, Aisha Tyler. I think Mm. she's great. I don't know if anyone could say a bad word about her. She actually said like, I'm not surprised by his behavior. I love Aisha Tyler. Isn't she great? Yeah, she's great. She is. I love her. She's someone who's just like been around forever and has always been incredible. Yeah. But some other things that Steven's done, I mean, I think two years ago, he was screaming at his wife on like a Delta flight. I think we talked about it on an episode. Yeah, I re- I kind of remember that. And then when they landed, he was like, don't worry about it. Don't. It wasn't. a. It was just like our fight that carried over. Um, yeah, I do remember that. He's also tweeted against Beyonce saying I'm at Coachella. Um, I can't wait to see Beyonce with like a asterisk. And he was like, actually, I'm home watching TV. I don't care about watching her. And do you remember like a bunch of years ago, there was a Muslim boy who brought in like a handmade homemade clock in his school called like the bomb squad because they said it was a bomb or looked like a bomb. I don't remember that, but I'm not shocked. So he spoke about it and it was like, well, what about who cares? We had to make sure it wasn't a bomb. So that's who he is. And there's more. If you look it up on Twitter, there's whole threads about it. I don't want to pull like every single thing. But the fact that they made him walk the picket line. And of course, he backtracked on his comments. And he's like, when you see me on the picket line, don't throw hard fruit at me. And then there's a picture of him with that. I'll say it's the white person smile when you don't know someone, but you're trying to be polite. (laughs) And there's him with like the sign on his shoulder giving that exact smile right at the cameraman oh my god there's nothing worse than when somebody with like violently terrible takes thinks that everybody wants to hear them all the time like who told you that you were so interesting and i swear he's gonna be on like joe rogan in a few years and he'll be like it was really hard to speak out against something i believed in it's like dude yeah (laughs) people can't afford groceries right now it takes real bravery <laughs> in this woke society. It's like, shut yeah. the fuck up. You know, woke just means like, you're more like aware of things going on and maybe you shouldn't say things. Right. It, it, uh, I can't. I, I can <laughs> go on. I was about to go on and I'll just refrain. <laughs> I mean, go on a little bit, Troy. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, it's funny the way like the words woke and conservative get used because it's like, conservative literally just means that you're like being a watered down version of yourself Mm -hmm. that there's like more to you that you won't let out and you're proud of it i wouldn't brag (laughs) right like sorry that i'm being quote woke by not saying words that will offend other people (laughs) (laughs) because i just to say them because i'm so interested (laughs) grow up what the fuck up and now would be a good time to let you guys know that this week's episode is sponsored by every plate Looking to budget your food expenses for the back-to-school season? Get more bang for your bite with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping, with no hidden fees, so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. Cook once, eat twice with our new dinner-to-lunch dishes, tasting filling meals for both dinner and lunch the next day. Each recipe is carefully crafted to ensure the ingredients can be easily repurposed so you don't feel like you're just eating leftovers. 
Plus, save time making lunch on busy weekdays with most of the work done at dinner with favorites such as sweet soy chicken tacos, chicken stir fry, chicken sausage flatbreads, tomato pasta, and more. All available for a slight upcharge for a limited time only. Planning for a jam-packed fall? Get every plate and take back your time with fewer trips to the grocery store and meals ready in six simple steps. They plan the meals and deliver pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, so you can spend less time meal prepping and packing kids or work lunches and more time taking a breather from your busy schedule. Give yourself one less thing to worry about this back-to-school season. Choose every plate over takeout to save money while still enjoying quick, satisfying meals. These meals are 50% cheaper than your average fast casual meal. They're the easiest way to eat affordably. Put the money you save towards making fall plans. I'm obsessed with this simply based on the fact that I'm extremely lazy. I've become much more easy, lazy with old age. And I just don't feel like cooking anymore. I used to love cooking. I used to get such a high from like being over a hot stove all day and then making eating a meal. And I just don't feel that way in my 30s. I like quick. I like easy. I like healthy when I'm in the mood. And I like simple. And the thing that I like about this is that all of the meals are actually seasoned. That's always been my problem with like pre-portioned meals is that they taste like hospital food. And this doesn't. It actually is seasoned. It tastes homemade. And I like that you can kind of choose your health, like whatever healthy thing you're trying to do. I just, it's just so much easier. Get $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49blinds. Get started with EveryPlate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49blinds. This episode is also sponsored by Living Proof. Hair problems can be complicated and finding the right product that works for me is an expensive game of trial and error. Thanks to Living Proof, I'm saving time and money by getting the specific products that actually work for my hair. Living Proof is the leader in scientifically proven high-performance hair care. Their mission is to solve the world's toughest hair challenges by inventing different types of exclusive hair tech to treat individual hair health needs. Not sure what products are right for you? Instead of guessing, I start by taking Living Proof's AI online hair care quiz, which analyzes my specific hair care needs and styling goals, then uses their first-to-market technology to help customize the right hair care routine for me. Living Proof studies the root cause of specific hair issues, and their scientists develop groundbreaking technologies to treat it. When the ideal formula or solution doesn't exist, Living Proof actually invents it. That's why they're accredited to over 120 global patents, over 450 formulas, and over 200 awards. After 20 years of leading hair invention, Living Proof prides itself on their commitment to rigorous testing that is unparalleled within the hair care industry. Living Proof always formulates without silicones, harsh sulfates, parabens, and more. They're also PETA certified, cruelty-free, color safe, and safe for chemically treated hair. This time of year, my hair is always frizzy, but with Living Proof's quiz, they suggested the instant defrizzer, and I'm loving how smooth my hair looks. I also have psoriasis in my hair, and they gave me a scrub that goes with it, and it really has helped clean and clear my scalp, which I am forever grateful for when it comes to Living Proof, just for like offering that. So save your hair from the guessing game and give it the products your hair deserves with Living Proof. 
Visit livingproof.com slash blinds and use code blinds15 to get 15% off of your first purchase. That's livingproof.com slash blinds, code blinds for 15% off your first purchase. livingproof.com slash blinds, code blinds15. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Now we have to talk about Michael Orr. And if you guys aren't following this story It is absolutely wild. I'm going to read a statement that ESPN posted. It says, retired NFL player Michael Orr, whose supposed adoption out of grinding poverty by a wealthy white family was immortalized in the 2009 movie The Blind Side, petitioned a Tennessee court Monday with allegations that central elements of the story was a lie concocted by the family to enrich themselves at his expense. The 14-page petition filed in Shelby Court, probate court, alleges that Sean and Leanne Tui, who took Orr into their home as a high school student, never adopted him. The petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document, making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. The petition further alleges that the Tuies used their power as conservators to strike the deal that resulted in millions of dollars in royalties from the Oscar-winning film, while Orr got nothing for a story that would not have existed without him. Orr's petition asks the court to end the Tuies' conservatorship and to bring an injunction barring them from using his name and likeness. It also seeks a full accounting of the money the Tuies earned using Orr's name and to have the couple pay his fair share of profits, as well as an unspecified compensation and punitive damage. The Tui family did not immediately return phone calls to ESPN on Monday. I believe now they said something to the effect of like, this is really heartbreaking. It hurts. We took him in and we would have taken him in at 36. It didn't matter that he was like 17. But Michael has come out even before this where he was like, I did not like the way the movie talked about me. It made me seem stupid. I'm not dumb. Like I was just in a really bad situation, but I wasn't some dumb kid who like couldn't read basically. Yeah. The blind side is a movie that I feel like in like more modern times, like that movie couldn't get made because it really is insane. And if it did get made, it would be a much different um, story where I don't know. It is very like, this wealthy, rich, well-intentioned white woman went and saved this big, dumb black guy with a heart of gold and thank God for her being a guardian angel in his life. It's giving Ellen, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And what's crazy is when this movie came out, my brother was like, no way. There's no way that these are just good people who just took some guy in off the street. And I texted him and he was like, I wish I wasn't right. But the fact they forced him to go to Ole Miss is what put like red flags up for him. It's really crazy. And it's really, I mean, obviously the word conservatorship just like makes me think of Britney, of course. And it's crazy that like now the people who are able to come out and say like, I'm also in a conservatorship or I'm aligned with one or I'm 
one or two degrees is separated from one is crazy that now we have this shorthand where we understand what that means and like what conservatorship abuse looks like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to think that he has not been able to profit off of his story and that movie, it's just insane. And um, apparently Sean Tui Jr., who went by S- who goes by SJ, spoke to Barstool after um, this came out. So I completely understand, Tui said in the interview when asked what he thought about um, Michael Orr being upset. But he rebutted the allegation that he and his family made $2 million. He said, quote, man, if I had $2 million in my bank account, it would be in my email signature and said, signed SJ Tui and multimillionaire. Hey, guys, um, maybe don't go to Barstool Sports to fight something that's going to the fucking courts. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe not the best, uh, the best media outlet for this. But sir, come on. Come on. How stupid do you think we are? I know. I know. I mean, so Sean has actually spoken, who's the the dad. He spoke to, oh, he spoke to the Daily Memphian, which I'm guessing is Daily Mail, Mail for like Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, okay. Michael was obviously living with us for a long time, and the NCAA didn't like that. They said the only way Michael could go to Ole Miss was if he was actually part of the family. I sat Michael down and told him, if you're planning on going to Ole Miss or even considering Ole Miss, we think you have to be a part of the family. This would do that legally. We contacted lawyers who had told us that we couldn't adopt over the age of 18. The only thing they could do was have a conservatorship. We were so concerned it was on the up and up that we made sure the biological mother came to court. Um, And then Orr's attorney said, Mike didn't grow up with a stable family life. When the Tui family told Mike they loved him and wanted to adopt him, it filled a a void that had been with him his entire life. Discovering that he wasn't actually adopted devastated Mike and wounded him. I mean, this is sad all around, but when I saw Leanne Tui on an episode of Below Deck, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and also now, um, <clears throat> as of today, Twitter is like bo- trying to boycott Sandra's Oscar. It's like, we have such bigger fish to fry in this world than trying to get a 10-year-old Oscar pulled away from somebody who probably doesn't even glance at it very often in her home and also even though if you listen to our sandra bullock episode you know what her blind item said but she did just lose someone who very close to her suffering from als for the last however many years like sandra has a lot going on and i saw on twitter people were trying to be like well she was an executive producer she wasn't no so like she took a role that she thought was like inspiring i don't know and it was a very, I mean, it, it obviously the movie made it much more famous, but it was like a semi-famous story already. For sure. Like Michael, when he got drafted, his family, the Tuies were there. Right. That wasn't made up. Right. Yeah. I don't think that she knew any of this, of what was going on. And like, all it doesn't, it's like beyond, it's so besides the point of what he's trying to accomplish. If Harvey Weinstein can keep his 80-something Oscars, Sandra Bullock can keep this one. Right. Please. I also saw, um, speaking of her, that 
Us Weekly posted or they like released a cover ironically the same week of her fiance's death is it fiance they just kept saying long-term partner long-term partner okay um it was like it's over for sandra and so and so and like it was so poorly timed and so it just didn't age well at all it's like the basically the day that he as an, his death was announced they released a magazine saying like they're breaking up and things are there's turmoil and blah 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 and the whole cover was about her and him so like, that was oh yeah i fucking guess so us weekly yeah i don't know if, it, I don't know if she had a choice oh but yeah i'm curious to see how this will play out i mean definitely like red flags from the beginning that i was clearly blind to <laughs> like but coming out now, like looking back, you're very much, uh-oh, your face. Did you just get a TMZ alert? I did. <laughs> oh, who is it? <laughs> Janelle. What just happened? Oh, ironic. So 40 minutes ago, um, Jace was reported missing as a runaway. And the cops were searching for him. And he just was located. But he did run away. I will say when Barbara gave jace back to janelle i got like i just got chills when you said that like i worry about jace a lot i know i know i know all of those kids but especially him for sure i mean i mean leah has like gary and christina at least and leah messer like she's come a long way and the girls have like Corey, right you know so at least but something about jace has always like really he watched his mom pull a gun out on someone then was told to lie about it. Jace is living the life that Slim Shady claims to have lived. <laughs> Literally that. Very much that. Like, Jace is Eminem. He's playing cleaning out my closet all day. <laughs> no, like, li- literally. Oh. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... No, I mean, that's kind of all I had. I just, I'm curious. It's sad all around, like... But I hope Michael does get his money. And I can't imagine thinking like, these people really adopted me and really took me in. And then you're like, where's my money? Like, I'm a retired NFL player. But then I'm sure there are people who will be like, well, how'd you get into Ole Miss? Without the twoies, you wouldn't have had that opportunity. Right. I hope he gets his money. And I hope that this sparks like brands to want to like work with him on, you know, on things. And, you know, I hope that he secures the bag. And just a reminder, never talk to fucking Barstool Sports if you want to get a point across. (laughs) (laughs) Or in general. Or in general. (laughs) I wanted to talk really quickly about, so Allison Stoner is coming out with a podcast and she, I'm going to read the exact quote. Um, This is an article from the Daily Mail UK. It says, former Disney child star Allison Stoner promises to expose Hollywood in an explosive new podcast that will lay bare harrowing struggles with drug addiction, disseminated fortunes, and sexual trauma. And it says, former Disney child star Allison Stoner has promised to lay bare the dark side of Hollywood on a brand new podcast called Dear Hollywood. The 30-year-old who uses they, them pronouns found fame starring, I didn't know that, in movies such as Cheaper by the Dozen, Step Up, as well as tele- the television series Drake and Josh and That's So Raven, but they actually began performing at the age of three. In a teaser for Dear Hollywood, Allison 
detailed some of their issues and teased what's to come in the upcoming episodes, drug, drug addiction, psychiatric hospitalizations, uh, disseminated fortune, sexual trauma, incarcerations, and suicide. Name something comparable to the pop culture phenomenon of child stardom is how it began. And I'm so excited for this. I know that Allison has been saying for a long time, like, you know, that it would take somebody really, really brave to really just say this stuff. And that even when you hear these interviews with child stars, like, they don't really want to say everything because it's scary, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's dangerous. And it feels like Allison really is about to just be like, fuck it all, like burn it all down. Yeah, I know we talk a lot about Jeanette McCurdy for good reason, too. I do think Jeanette really kick the door open in a really major public way but Allison's been talking about this for so long and I'm so glad that they're becoming like the hero agreed and Allison is like also very well spoken and like super smart so I'm excited to listen to Allison's like perspective on everything because what a weird career I mean Allison was the dance girl for Missy Elliott yeah the one like I mean when I think of Missy in her prime I think of Allison being in those music videos you know and like just how iconic and how cool it was and I obviously I'm older than Allison but even as like a a middle schooler being like what a cool life you know the pre-Maddie Ziegler traveling around with Sia absolutely and we get a bunch of DMs saying Allison would be a great guest and we agree we have mm-hmm. reached out. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, have not heard back. Hope maybe with this podcast, they'll be yeah. willing to come on to talk about it on like an episode like this. But just so everyone knows, we have reached out more than once. <laughs> <laughs> not without trying. <laughs> um, cue the, do we have to hear about Taylor Swift every episode? Yes. <laughs> she is in pop culture, whether you like it or not. I don't know how to tell you that. Um, But Carly Kloss was at Taylor's LA show. And I need to talk about, because like, I'm in a group chat with like Cam, from what I will say, Emily, like the whole group, Shannon, all of them, Christy, all of them, Tori. I'm like, I can't let it leave anyone out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, we were losing our minds. I can't believe it. And, like, the fact that Carly was in the 200 section instead of, like, the VIP tent, the fact that Carly fucking Claus sat with a bunch of Swifties kind of unprotected, shocking. Crazy. But what people don't realize is Carly's actually super close with Haim, who are also Taylor's best friends. Yeah. So I would assume she got tickets through Haim somehow. Um, Enti is saying... That Taylor invited her and put her in the 200s to make it more of a thing. Dumois saying Carly was just there because she likes Taylor's music. Taylor didn't even know she was coming. I'm like, don't say Taylor didn't know something because, like, that's just not It's not possible. The wizard knows all. Exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, she even sang, or Taylor sang Maroon, which on Carly's birthday. And if you listen to that song, there's no way that's about, like, Joe Jonas, not Joe Jonas, Joe Alwyn or, or Joe Jonas, either Joe. Right. And I don't know. I have really tried to take a step back from the Kaler because I do believe they were a couple. I do believe they've broken up. Maybe Taylor's continued to write some songs here and there. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I don't think they're secretly like still a thing. But then she fucking shows up at Aeris tour and is like, you know what? I'll I'll sit in the 200s then. 
I think it's insane that she sat in with a bunch of Swifties. I, I, I mean, that's scary for the average person, more or less, <laughs> who is literally, I mean, a part of the lore. Exactly. And the thing is, like, if you are, if you do believe that Taylor could be bi or gay or whatever, like mm-hmm. she had a relationship with Carly, right? If you don't believe it, you believe that Carly was telling Taylor's secrets to Scooter. And, and um, I believe Carly's husband, um, one of the Kushners, was involved somehow with the buying of Taylor's masters. Okay. But then it came out like, no, no, no. Carly and Taylor stopped being friends because Carly was inviting people over to Taylor's apartment without Taylor's knowledge. Carly had a fucking bedroom in Cornelia Street. It was kind of her apartment, too. (laughs) Or a bedroom, quote unquote, right? I'm just going to say, I know that there's a lot of discourse about this. If you think that Taylor Swift wants people to be talking about this, you are out of your ever-loving mind. You are on one. She is leading the charge on this conversation and, like, Also, even just, like, the conversation around her sexuality. Taylor Swift right now wants everybody to be talking about her sexuality. She wants it. To be honest, I think it's a temperature check. Okay. Do I ever think Taylor will... She loves to, like, pander, right? She loves to, like, have a song, like, You Need to Calm Down, where she wears a wig with the bi flag, and then she's like, I'm an ally. It's like, girl. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and plus, I mean, look at how much money she makes and how much attention she gets from people speculating. Like, if she answers the question, then it's not as interesting. For sure. And I mean, 1989 is supposed to be like a Carly album, and Carly was there the night she announced she was re-releasing. Night. I'm oh like, my god. There's so things, and like, I know it can be tiring and like annoying for people who don't care, but for us who do care, it's really like a lot (laughs) no it's major i mean you know that something in the taylor world is major when it reaches like outside of the swifty verse when regular people are speculating then you know that it's like really struck a nerve yeah i mean i don't know what it was about eventually carly supposedly got brought to vip but then i saw her like videos of her there till almost the end of the show Mm -hmm. it just it seems it doesn't seem like this was by accident no and i feel like taylor loves this attention so much and i i genuinely think i actually could see a world where she was like oh no i want people to see that you're there what's the point of you coming if nobody sees that you're there and i mean nd has been pretty spot on with some taylor stuff oh he's a swifty yeah he's he like hypes up tree pain who's taylor's publicist whenever he can he's a hardcore swifty I don't know what to think of it. I just had to touch on it. I have really no thoughts other than what the fuck. Yeah. And I will let, I'm sure what I will say, we'll do a whole podcast episode on it if she hasn't already done it. Um, But yeah, I mean, my, I was like, I needed a day to really process it. (laughs) No, I'm I'm happy that you brought it up because I forgot to like, sometimes I forget like, when we record versus when things happen and like if we have got to talk about it and I didn't realize that we hadn't spoken about that so that was like very necessary 
And I wanted to ask you this during the Jonas Brothers concert, because obviously these summer tours have been huge. Like Drake's concert has been huge. Beyonce, the Eras tour with Taylor, um, even Ed Sheeran has had like a huge thing. Jonas Brothers, they played for three hours, Jonas Brothers. Like they took an intermention, but played basically three hours through. I get why people don't want to tour anymore, because it's like, look what you have to go against. I know. It's really... And especially because now it's like, it's a bloodbath because it's like how they all are making their money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like either they tour or they do a residency. Right. You know, but either way, they're making their money from ticket sales and not from album sales or streams anymore because you can't make money from streams, you know? And say so you go see Beyonce, who is their own opener. Right. Why are you going to want to see someone who has like three openers before them? Exactly. The bar is set so crazy high now. And also, like, the shows are all just fucking insane. Like, you know, the production value for a mainstream, I guess I would say, like, pop show like that, just ups and ups every year to the point that Beyonce is literally writing a uh, a, a disco fucking horse over the audience. You know, like, it's just crazy. It's It's a lot. So yeah, so those are my Carly thoughts. I mean, I kind of feel like we'll get another spotting of her somehow. And then there are people who are just like, no, Carly's a stalker. I'm like, let's not be that crazy. Right. Because if, if Taylor didn't want Carly Kloss there, she wouldn't have been. And if she didn't want people to see it, then we wouldn't have seen it. Mm-hmm. She wanted us to see. And uh, how could you think that Taylor doesn't? Because I also have seen a lot of people being like, you know, this is so toxic that we're talking about this and her sexuality and blah, blah, blah. And why are people speculating? She fucking wants you to speculate, girl. If She's been shoving it down our throats, her alleged sexuality for years. And she's a super on the internet person. Like, she's on the internet. She was on Tumblr. You think she doesn't know that the internet speculates about her sexuality? Right. She's not in a, she's not Rapunzel. Like, she's on the internet with us. She's one of the girls. Like. (laughs) Well, I guess to wrap this episode up, I just wanted to say Kiki Palmer and Usher having a duet or collaboration of some sort. What a legend. I know. I know. Uh, I, I guess, is it today or tomorrow that their music video is supposed to drop? I think it might be tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I support Kiki Palmer in all things that she does. As you guys know, I am running the Kiki Palmer fan club over here. I just worship her. I adore her. And there's a really funny TikTok that I saw the other day that's like not necessarily new anymore. But it was like her. I don't know if you saw this, but it was like her on the back of a golf cart. And these fans were like running up to her and screaming stuff at her. And this guy was like, girl, he was like, he was like, why did that man say that stuff about you? Why did that man say that stuff about what you were wearing? And she was belly laughing. <laughs> like, she is truly one of the people. Palmer, I mean, she deserves to have her own whatever, like variety show, talk show, <laughs> anything. I yes. want her and Vanessa Hudgens to become like the new late night hosts. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. She's a great host. She's such a good interviewer. I love her podcast. Um, if you guys have not listened to her podcast, she's so funny. And she just, it's like every word that comes out of her mouth is like, just 
she's so well-spoken like she like I don't know the, the word that I'm trying to say like she's just like a, a great host I was gonna say she's very like smart funny like she doesn't go for yeah. like jokes yes smart funny that's a really good way to put it yeah I mean just this alone like how can you not love her she's the she is the icon she is the moment (laughs) (laughs) and uh donnie from the cute ones he actually got to like seat her at a broadway show and he was like i loved you on um i loved you on snl and i guess she like looked at him and she was like thank you so much for saying that and when she left obviously he wears a name tag but he was like i'm donnie nice to meet you and when she left he was she was like nice to meet you donnie thank you for helping me find my seat god you know if there's one celebrity that i would say probably always gives the experience that you hope for because she's so herself like she's so unapologetically kiki all the time like in any interview any space I bet she always gives the moment that you you pray to god it'll be you know and if she doesn't we don't want to know exactly don't tell me (laughs) don't ruin the small things I have in life so just the last few things um Zoe Deschanel and Jonathan Scott are engaged I mean Happy for him. They it looks like siblings are dating. <laughs> They're yeah. And uh, she also like looks fucking incredible. She was like, she's just like stunningly gorgeous. And right now she just looks really good. She hasn't aged a day since like Elf. No, she's so beautiful. Um, apparently there is gonna be new Miley music. We don't know much about it. Hopefully it's as big as flowers. I think um Next week on our pop culture episode, when more stuff comes out, we need to talk about Miley allegedly being in a cult. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I do agree with that. It's a new story, though. And I just have a feeling people are talking and I just have a feeling things are going to come out. And especially now, she's she must be aware that it's like this big thing that people are talking about. I'm but, sure. You know, if you don't know, look it up on TikTok. Miley might be in a cult. And then we're going to end on some happy news. Ashley Olsen had a baby boy. I'm going to be an uncle again. <laughs> We're all uncles. <laughs> uh, his name is Otto, which I think is very fun. It's funny. Someone commented on our Instagram. They were like, did she marry the rich one? I'm like, probably, but that's also Mary-Kate. She married the rich, rich one. Yeah. Yeah. Mary, Mary-Kate likes to, like, she likes, like, the 1%. <laughs> Only. <laughs> Only. Um, I love this for Ashley. I feel like the Olsons have had such a, I mean, we did an Olsons episode on Patreon if anyone wants to listen, but the way they became famous is almost like sick. mm -hmm. I mean, they were overexposed as children, had a countdown till when they turned 18. And the fact they just completely disappeared says so much. Yeah. The fact that they were like, you know what? We're so wealthy and we don't like, they don't seek attention. They don't like need it. They don't care. And honestly, I feel like it has a lot to do with the fact that they always stayed on social media. You're probably right. I mean, and they were like, Elizabeth has this now. <laughs> yeah, she can do all that stuff. But they never really got like the bug, you know, like the social media overexposing Instagram live, mm. you know, like attention, attention seeking thing. They just like don't care. Yeah, they saw enough gross stuff growing up that they don't need to, like, have people comment gross stuff. Absolutely. And fucking good for them. Yeah. I also love the name Otto. I just think it's very cute. I know it's cute. I know it's not Otto Olsen, but it's cute. (laughs) It reminds me of, like, when I hear the name Otto, I think of, like, a sweet older Jewish man. 
Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's a very sweet name. Well, guys, that is the uh, second pop culture episode. Um, hope you enjoyed. I don't know. I have so much fun doing this. Yeah, these are like my favorite thing to do now. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to rant about Big Brother and Bethany Frankel in the same at the same time is like pornography for me. So thank you for letting us do it. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Or we'll talk to you Thursday, actually, not next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you.